When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, my talkers, it is not as nice as yesterday, but don't worry, Lori and Julia are here to brighten up your day no matter where you are. So let's sit back and enjoy this Friday episode of the Lori and Julia show. Oh, this Friday came at the perfect time. It did it not. It really did it, right? Every, Just in time. Every Friday seems to do that. I like that about Fridays. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a play review. Oh, my god! I know, a play no less. So last night, my mom and I went and saw um, a play by Barb and Carl at the new... Illusion Theater location, which is on Pleasant Avenue. They used to be downtown Minneapolis. Okay. They've got a beautiful new space. Is this South Minneapolis? Yeah. Kind of? Yeah. Okay. Like off 36 or something okay. in 35. Yeah, that's South Minneapolis. And this play... <clears throat> What's it called? It's called A Play by Barb and Carl, and it was written by playwright... Um, uh, his name is Carlisle Brown, and he's a Minneapolis-based playwright. He's got a national reach. He's written about 20 plays, and his wife, Barb, mm-hmm. was his drama. Dramaturge. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so she would at you know look at the writings every day, and she was very involved in how the play worked, and she just would immerse herself in plays and love it, and she had a stroke. So this is a story about a woman who has a stroke, and also has aphasia as a result of the stroke. And that is a loss of all your language. Mm-hmm. And this is what my mom had. Right. But she also had physical um, uh, damage on the right side of her body, which a lot of stroke phys- mm-hmm. people do, which my mom didn't have. And then it's a story of their marriage, marriage, how they go through this. And then the health care provider. So it's just a three person play. Okay. And it's just 65 minutes. Perfect. No intermission or anything. And it's, it really, you know, I'm sitting there with my mom and reliving, you know, when you wake up and you find out you have a stroke or the symptoms when you're having a stroke and everything that goes on and just how it was really interesting because the couple wrote this together after, you know, some time had passed mm-hmm. after she had her stroke. And it's, I know it's affected your family. It's stroke affects so many people's oh, families yeah. mm-hmm. and how interesting it is to hear the person who had the stroke and their thoughts about it Mm -hmm. and what they're thinking, you're thinking and what they're thinking and when they don't have the language at all to even communicate. And then his perspective, having this be the love of his life. How do I take care of you? How does that so is work it old, out? Two old, older actors, so are it's, they like playing they were, their ages? Yeah, or like but the woman was seemed like she was mid forties, and he was maybe late fifties. Okay, yeah. Well, that strokes do happen. To happen people to people of, at all yeah, ages. Yeah. It's very good. They do have it's it's kind of been sold out. It ends on the thirtieth of this month, okay, which is next Sunday. But they just added a matinee, a two o'clock matinee, and if this is something 
there were a lot of couples there that you could feel like that mm. maybe had gone through mm-hmm. this, but there mm-hmm. were also younger people there. It's really good. Yeah. So oh, I wonderful. just want to give it a shout out. It was very, and it, my mom and I had a great discussion. It's a beautiful space. It was lovely. All right. Good, good parking. Very, very good. Oh, you've hit it all, Julia. I know. What else can I say? <laughs> what else can you say? Bring you... your vaccine card. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. And you, you do wear a mask there because okay. it's more of a senior crowd. So. Yeah. All it right. was great. Well, speaking of seniors, we have to um, we have to give a rest in peace and a, a notable life mention to Cynthia Plastercaster. What she a is, name! She has passed away, you guys, at the age of seventy four, and she uh, was an avid music fan who became infamous in the sixties and seventies for her plaster casts of rock stars erect penises yes of course you found this one was um, this in the new york times or the minneapolis star tribune or the um, pioneer press it was all over the place oh, yes. julia and the, the pictures the pictures they used to catch your attention on this were fantastic fantastic <laughs> and she called herself a recovering groupie um and variety reported the news of her passing she was from the chicago south side and she met Frank Zappa, Zappa, and he thought she had an amazing, she was 20 at the time. Okay. She had amazing artistic vision, and <laughs> because she shared with him, yep, you know, that she was, this do. is what I'm going to do. He declined to sit for her, but he helped her relocate to L.A., and Jimi Hendrix, she met him at the Chicago Hilton and Towers in 1968. He was her first cast. She what like, a great first, first cast. cast. Yeah, she expanded her oeuvre <laughs> to include male filmmakers and eventually the breasts of female artists such as Peaches, Karen O's of the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, and um, many others. And she, late years later in an interview, said she found many willing assistants who helped her prep her you know, clientele, clientele for subjects. Yeah, she said, I was trying to figure out a way to mold a penis. So I thought, well, let's get together a kit because that will make it even more ridiculous and um, create more laughs. But she ended up using like a not, a dental mold making substance called alginite. Because we went through this when we were trying to do a plaster cast of nipples when we were yes. launching the body perk nipple enhancers. That is correct, mm-hmm. Julia. And, and how do you get the cast to come off without killing a the nipple and staying intact? Right, and the dental mold it slips off as the material as you cool off. Oh, okay. Great. And so feminists at the dawn of the moon, because remember this is 68, they were very 68. appalled. Wow. Okay. They were very appalled. They took a dim blue view of a Cynthia Plaster Caster. This is what <laughs> Camila Pagilia, Pug- P- I forget how you say her name. Anyway, she said uh, it was women taking control. And when her apartment was robbed in 1971, she and Frank Zappa decided that the 25 casts in her collection should be preserved for a future exhibition. And she trusted them to Zappa's uh, business and legal partner, this guy named Herb Cohen. However, every rock star that she plaster-castered declined to have um, their rock star penises exhibited. In the Museum of Museum of Penis Art. Whatever, but Just through kidding. 1980. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so she... she. I mean... This is so... Ahead of the world. Gene yeah. Simmons, uh, oh. uh, he Some sings kids. a song called Plaster Caster in the album Love Gun, which came out in 1977. And the iconic lyrics, my love is in her hands, the plaster's, the plaster's getting harder, my love is perfection, a token of my love for her collection. 
And, I love how he got that to rhyme. Yeah. I love it. And then when she tried, Cynthia tried to get her, her you know, her plaster caster molds back from this herb guy. He uh, battled her until 1993, and she eventually got all but three of them back. So she got 22, and there's a documentary called Plaster Caster. There's another documentary called My Penis and I. And uh, <laughs> and there is this the pe- lady sounds like a good time. No, I'm Doesn't serious. She? Oh. And you, can you hear Frank Zappa? This sounds like a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and she, it's 1968. I know she was 74, but she had some kind of a long illness. Oh. So anyway, if you see that story and you don't want to read it, but you're slightly intrigued, no, yeah, yeah. there you go. All right, listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Friday. So a movie that a lot of people have been excited about coming out uh, is not just uh, the great Nicolas Cage movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, if you need a comedy, but people have been very excited for quite a while about this movie called Northman, starting, um, starring Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, and Anya Taylor-Joy. And I think part of that... I mean, for me, Grant, it goes back to that first Viking show. Oh, yeah. That we, that it came all out like, started. It started right yeah. there. And then, you know, Viking Valhalla and The Last Kingdom. It's yes. become quite the trend. Quite the trend, yeah. exploring all this Norse, you know, stuff. And so uh, Alexander Skarsgård was on, I th- he might have been on with Stephen Colbert. He might have been exposed to him. He was on with him the I think he night. was, Larry. And I, I, I'll never forget the time we saw him on the red carpet when oh. True Blood was nominated for a screen actor ensemble. He's so tall and, and gorgeous, so beautiful, and he turned and smiled and waved at us, which is all we ever want. Grant, that's it, right? That's it. Just we acknowledgement. Don't even, sometimes we go, we don't even want to ask you a question. Just acknowledge that we're here. Just, we just you know. want to tell you you're hot. Hot, <laughs> yeah. That's basically it. And so. Um, And Chris Hewitt, uh, I just thought I'm going to just read his review and I'm not even going to read anyone else. And um, as usual, he gives us lots of great details, but he gives it three and a half stars. Out of four, which is wonderful. Which is wonderful. It is bold and bloody. Uh, If you like Hamlet but don't think enough heads get chopped off, then The Northman is the historical drama for you. It's the kind of movie where Skarsgård and Nicole Kidman have an even more twisted relationship than they did on TV's Big Little Lies. She plays his mother in this movie, and he is her son. And, of course, they're married in Big Little Lies. The performances are so supersized that Bjork is the calmest actor on screen. And um, it's inspired by the same Scandinavian tale on which William Shakespeare based Hamlet. Okay. On this character, Amleth played by Alexander Skarsgård, okay. whose uncle kills his father to marry uh, uh, the wife, which is what happens in Hamlet. Oh, wow. And, um, and of course, and, and so this is the story that, that you know, and, you know, it yep. even sounds like it, but um, this director, this Robert Eggers, who directed it, it's only like his third movie, yeah. and he has... Now, this cinematic tradition of creating these really fantastically detailed, 
historically grounded worlds. Yes, with a lot of gore. With added. a lot of gore. You can practically smell yeah, the body odor, feel the blood. He does a, His unique uh, thing that he does is he does solo camera shots throughout yes. the whole thing. So that's, that's one part that we won't hear, but he does this whole solo camera shot to make you feel like you're right there in the battle. It's not multiple different angles and all that kind of stuff, yeah. which makes you really feel like you're And I feel like it. they do that for The Last Kingdom with some of their battle scenes yes. because they filmed that in Romania and they're able to just have this mad rush and they just have a camera right in there and it's just like boom, boom, yeah. boom. I mean, the sounds and everything. So, um, so because of Shakespeare, the bones of the story are recognizable if you're a Shakespeare fan, but it is um, uh, this other um, reviewer said, violence is the language of this film and people are going to love it because we're, when this takes place is like 9th, 10th century. Mm-hmm. And so there's no social there's no codes of any kind it's just a very you know brutal world and so the audience understands that and i guess alexander skarsgård is incredible in it Mm. and nicole kidman was um with rob eggers the director and they're on gma so here's a little bit of nicole talking about the movie In a career filled with great roles and accolades, Nicole Kidman feels she can utilize even more of her own experience for the part she plays. I hope I get richer and richer as an actor because I'm bringing my whole life with me. Creatively, I still feel I'm here to be mined more. But I've been doing it since I was 14. Yeah. So that's like, it's like layer upon layer. Can you believe that? No. Well, I can because I'm here now, but I'm sort of going, (laughs) whew. Her new challenge, playing a 10th century queen in The Northman from visionary director Robert Eggers. Maybe the most savagely intense Viking movie ever. What Um, makes you drawn to being in a Robert Eggers movie? He's committed to cinema, to putting films on the big screen that are magnificent and they're epic and this was probably the most epic. You said that Rob's script had teeth. What did you mean by that? It was rigorous and bold and frightening and um, rich and deep. So that's my definition of teeth. Then there's Egger's single camera shooting style. With the epic battle scenes, it becomes so much more immersive. You see every single beat of what's going on. And I hope that it's more thrilling in that way, but also it's more frightening and, and brutal. Coming off their own frightening and brutal pairing on Big Little Lies, the Northman reunites Kidman and Alexander Skarsgård, this time as mother and son. How did the fact that you had done those much talked about scenes with Alex on Big Little Lies, how did that help you and him do the work in this movie? I felt very safe with Alex. I feel like I can say and do anything. A lot of times you rehearse on a film so that you can get to that place. Well, that, that was done already. And how proud would childhood Nicole be of the life and career she's enjoyed? What would you have told that 14-year-old back then about what you've been able to accomplish? It's going to be a wild ride. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) That's so good. And she she plays... 
Yeah, sure. His duplicitous mother. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Right. Okay, and Amleth, as a young boy, witnesses his uncle murdering his father. And then, you know... And he grows up to avenge him. Well, yeah, he's banned. You know, yeah. he's... He leaves like Uhtred, kind of a little yes, bit. Yes, yes. Destiny is all and yes. all of that. So, um... Destiny um, is my legacy. Yeah, destiny is all, is what yeah. Uhtred says. But, um... I, yeah, it is just being described pretty much universally as just an epic Viking saga that demands to be seen in the theater oh my my son on monday mom i'm going to friday night yeah. i'm like without me you know because right and right he's like oh my card, friends mom? we not right he's willing to pay he's <laughs> oh. like all my friends want to see this so bad yeah. Nice. i think it's going to do really really well he apparently there's some hot uh bloody thongs that um alexander skarsgård <laughs> yes. wears in the movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he he got to keep those yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I saw that yeah. on uh, Colbert. He had yeah. it like framed or whatever. Yeah. That's cool. Um, this reviewer said it's uh, the Northman is rad as hell. It's blood soaked tale of vengeance right in line with the great Icelandic sagas. An epic rendering of a story that has been told for at least a thousand years. But it's a very ugly portrait of a truly dark age. Like, We'll be glad we didn't live in the 10th oh, century. Not, if we're not already. Yeah. You couldn't even live in the late 1800s. No, 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 no. Um, so, and I guess. I think we would have liked the 20s. I, I guess um, yes, Skarsgård, yeah. uh, though, he he's like so good in it. I love that. I know. So he's really good. That he's like the Viking essence of a man. And he's aware Odin is watching and Valhalla is waiting you know, do you know what I mean when I say Odin? Not even a half a Odin bite. is the god of not, all the Norse gods. Not even a half and Valhalla a is heaven. Mm-hmm. I know Valhalla. Yeah, Valhalla is heaven. But we had Odin, a drive-in in Cottage Grove, Valhalla, too. Julia, <laughs> if you were watching The Last Kingdom, they refer to Odin all the time. Lori, I haven't watched it in okay, four fine. years or three oh, years. Okay. I haven't, I'm not, I'm not doing it right anyway, now. Anyway, there's a naked sword fight on top of an exploding oh. volcano, and it was filmed in Iceland. There you go. That's mm-hmm. reason to go right there. Yeah. Iceland is <laughs> Such and Anya place. Anya Taylor Joy is in it, mm-hmm. and uh, she was a chess lady. Yeah, and Amleth cannot; he must fulfill his destiny to get vengeance on his father's death. Father, and then who knows what kinds of duplicitous things his own mother has done? But uh, we know Nicole Kidman can play creepy. Oh, she's very good at it. She can play everything. He can play, he can play anything. I, I know mean, it. She's so good. When we so look good. at her, like she's how like much Meryl she Streep she of really her is. generation. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. 
And she's I, got that youthful look to her still. Like, how old is she? She's 54, maybe. Yeah, yeah. She she's been, great. you know, she got on the Botox train early. Sometimes she looks more frozen than others, but oh. we've seen her in person. And she's, she's lovely. stunning in person. And she's skinny and tall. Yeah, she is. It all works for her. Yeah, it all does. And she's married to Keith. Which... Keith, and they're so crazy. We're so glad she got away from Tom. <laughs> I bet she taps into Tom sometimes to play some of her duplicitous stuff. That's a good call. Like she said, it's a wild ride. Hold on. I bet you she was referring yeah. to a little chapter in her life called Tom Cruise, Cruise. maybe. Yeah, no oh, kidding. Wow. All right, we come back. We're going to talk with Pamela McNeil. She's got a new album coming out. We love her music, uh, but we're going to check in on the roads. That is Pamela McNeil singing um, Heart to Heart from her American Breakup album in 2002 when I signed her to my imaginary record label. (laughs) I think, Pamela, you were my first sign. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. I, I, I owe it all to you, and I'm so oh. grateful. <laughs> we were listening to your very first CD today, the yeah, entire American thing. Breakup. And we listened like, all day, and I just remember going down and seeing you at Bunkers, and 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 you played like that all the songs from that album, and we had just started on the air in 2002, and... Because like there was no Google or there was no internet, we were buying newspapers and magazines from Shinders, and so any time I went out, I would make segments out of bands I discovered and music. And you just had the most incredible voice, and I became an Insta fan. Because I remember telling Joya she's the love child of Stevie Nicks, Janis Joplin, mm-hmm. and Christine. And twenty years <laughs> later, you're so talented and you're so so good. So we are really excited Ooh. that you're with us today. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. You have always been like the most wonderful to me. I mean, I can't even tell you how much it means to me through these years. So thank you for oh. always being so supportive. Like you have no idea. It's just amazing. Thank oh, you. And, and you really are like talented, beyond talented belief. beyond belief. And we have never been able to understand why um, you haven't. I mean, you've had success, of course, but I mean, like they, everyone knows your name, Pamela McNeil. And we know you have a new album out and we did listen to your new song. So t- bring us up to date on what's going, what's going on, on with, with you? your music career. OK, th- great. Well, um, I just signed my first record deal in my life. Uh, <laughs> how is that even possible? I know, I, I know but it's phenomenal because. Um, they're, they're not all record companies are created equal, you know, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love this label. It's organic. It's just great people. Um, I'm just really blessed to be with such a great team. And so I just released my first single heavy lifting, uh, for my forthcoming, uh, album, which I can reveal the name of today. Please, like. please do it. This is like a gender reveal moment. This is, yep, only with leather and studs. Or yes. <laughs> so the name of the album is Neon Lightning. Ooh, I love oh. it. I love it. <laughs> and um, and so I'm really focusing all of my career on that. Um, and I'll still be doing my Rumors and Dreams and Wild Angels, and mm-hmm. I'll be doing the Vietnam show with uh, with the armadillos. But besides that... Uh, and I all those are at the Chanhassen Dinner Theater. I just want to give a plug yeah. for them, too, because you've performed oh. there. For, yeah. yeah, and actually, my um, my CD release will be June 3rd at the Chanhassen. Oh, oh right fun! And, and May 14th, I'm at the Paramount Theater in St. Cloud with my pre-release. 
And so that night, you'll be able to get the album. You'll be get, able to get it before anybody else, but only if you go to the show. So, okay. Um, that's May 14th. And then June 3rd is your your uh, release party at Chan? Correct. Okay. And then let's take a listen to um, Heavy Lifting. Because we listened to it a few times in the double wide. And did you, is, did you write the whole song or did you have some co-writers on this? Oh, yeah. No, I write everything. You do? Yep. And you're the vocals and the piano. Yep. Oh, yeah. You're just... Oh, I can't wait. Okay, let's listen to Heavy Lifting. This is Pamela McNeil. Oh, so good, Pamela. What a great (laughs) song. Okay, so when you're writing, because you have written all your own music, when you're writing, is it a situation? I mean, is this based on a relationship? Is this based on your past? Your current? I mean, do you just... Where does it come from, I guess? So that's a great question. Some of it is situational or things I want to write about. In this case, I loved the words heavy lifting, and I thought I want to write a song called Heavy Lifting. And I really heard Tom Petty in my head, so I was Mm. kind of trying to channel a little Tom Petty into the song. The way that the chords are structured and the melody, and I I tried to imagine him singing it in my head. And so it just came to me on piano. I was like really cool and then I just sort of you know took the song from there and of course there's bits of my life and a lot of our lives in there mm-hmm. <laughs> so it really depends yeah and it's, I think the, you know the the heavy lifting that lyric that line is so poignant because everyone will have at least one relationship where you are doing all the work and the other person yeah. is just completely oblivious to it and you can't stay in that relationship Right. You know, and sometimes maybe you don't, you know, see that, of course, mm-hmm. until maybe it's too late. But um, but yeah, so a lot, it's really interesting. A lot of people have really responded to it and, and shared their stories, which is which is pretty cool when uh, when a song can resonate with people. So. Mm-hmm. so you now you mentioned that you got signed by a new record label and I think you were spending some time in Nashville. Yep. Um, the label actually is based out of Wisconsin, but they have That's even better. Um, part of it's part of it's in Nashville, part of it's in um uh um Oregon, part of it's in New York. And so there's kind of different people that do things in different places. And uh but it's great. It's called Farm to Label. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> Farm love to Label Records. Versus Farm to Table. And, yeah. Um and in fact this weekend if you go to Farm to Label Rest uh, Records dot com you can actually um you can actually pre-save the album oh okay. fun yeah, yeah and when you you know we've always you know we have all these different preconceptions about what it means to be signed to a label and mm-hmm. um when you are signed to a label do they do the promotions with you or yes. what what does that mean today yes so really what it means is you have a lot more people who are helping you out. Okay. <laughs> and in this case, I'll finally have real distribution. And there are just people doing all kinds of things that, you know, I could only do so much on my own. Right. You know? um, and so this is like a whole little network of people who, I mean, it's just hard to explain, but it, it helps in, in every aspect so that I can concentrate a bit more on just being the artist. Right. Okay, instead of the marketer and the promoter. Yeah, yeah. even the though I still do some of that because I'm just naturally always have done that. But sure. I'll have a lot of help and a lot of other people behind the scenes doing stuff. Yeah. So that's really, really nice, actually. I mean, I I, we're just always in awe of you, too, because as a songwriter, I mean, you are very 
you're not only a, a wonderful singer, but you're so, so good at songwriting. And I remember um, when Prince died and you just, you wrote a song. Yes, you did. The Bigger Picture. Yep. And very good, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, how, and I remember we had you on and we played that song, but just your creative process is really with the words and the piano. You're just so good at it. I just, you're lucky that you have this gift. Thank you. I, thank you so much. And, you know, I really, I, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't write. You know, it's been such a blessing to me through, you know, hard times Mm -hmm. and years and, you know, good times. And it's just, great to have that outlet i kind of always had it so i can't imagine life without it but i just thank you you guys are so nice (laughs) yeah you're so talented if you're just joining us we're chatting with pamela mcneil she has a new single out and her new album is going to be coming out and there's a release party but pamela mcneil.com is a great place for people to start because you've got a really cool website by the way and you're looking gorgeous as ever oh well thank you yeah and i see that mary jane alm is singing on this Song. Yes, Mary Jane's on. I've got a lot of my my best friends are singing on. I was and you know some fabulous people. Uh, Tommy Barbarella did the string arrangements on a few songs, and they're just magnificent. And uh, there's just so many great people on this record. So how fun! Well, we can't wait. We can't wait. Is there? Um, I'm just waiting for First Avenue to call you and say when can you play <laughs> the main room? You know, come on. <laughs> yeah, come on, First Avenue. Give me a call, would you? <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, my. Just the, the State Fair. We'd love to see you at one of their the, out there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that would be awesome. Wouldn't I just, that be I need, fun? You know, I need to get on that. <laughs> that would be fun. I mean, you are be so fun. good. It's just so nice. So nice to hear you, and you're always so happy. So I just think that's really Aww. awesome. Well, thank you. Well, I always love being with you, too, and talking to you because you truly are the kindest, most supportive. And honestly, it's such a blessing that, that uh, to know you guys. And, and just thank you again. Oh, the album is called Neon Lightning. Uh-huh. I would just like it to be said, though, that, Pamela, I signed you to my imaginary record labels 20 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Okay, like probably around August of 2002. Listen to her. Saw you at Bunker. Oh, you're in good company. I have the Shackletons. You know, I've got... Cat Perkins before her old band. Scarlet Hayes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I God, know. What a, what a kick-ass label you have. Oh, <laughs> I know it. I just wish I could get it off the ground. I The, the American Scarecrows, yes. the, the bad man. I've signed a lot of good in my head, but you're my first, so I have the... You know, oh. we have the soft spot for you. <laughs> for crying out loud. She's asking for a percentage of the royalties now. No, I'm, I'm sure not. she's going to send you an email. I'm not, but we're going to play heavy lifting. And I, we just so love jamming out to American uh, Breakup. That album is so, so good. Every song and all your, all your music is, your, we're just fans. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much. And I think you'll like, there's some real good rock stuff, uh, Oh, good. On this album, it's a, it goes a little bit more back to rock and roll in a lot of ways. Oh, good. Oh, good. good, good, good. You yeah. know, we love that. Yeah. And we yeah. hope to see you at your CD release party June 3rd at, out at the Chan. I hope so. Let me know. I'll get you in. I know I know people. You know, you people. know a couple right. people, right? <laughs> All right. That's Pamela <laughs> McNeil. Thank you so, so much. much. We look forward to Thank listening you. to your album, Neon Lightning. Thank you so much, you guys. I love you. Love you, too. Take Bye. Care. Okay, listen, when we come back, somebody that sent us into heaven last night when he was just getting out of his Bentley with his high-waisted pants and his Italian slip-on loafer with a nice 
black piping on it. Uh, we've posted the photo for you. You really have to look at it. Chris Pine, when we come back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed our fawning over Pamela McNeil, but we are Grinch. always in awe of her. She's one of the loveliest women. Yeah. And so talented. And oh, so I bet. talented. She's, we used to come on and sing Saint Christmas carols with us. Uh-huh. Donnie had a little thing for her, like yeah. all men do. Yeah. She's just... She's been out to the fair. And all women do. She's come to the fair and perform. Mm-hmm. She's just one of those people. She's so talented and so sweet at the same time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So she anyway, was, it's heavy lifting. PamelaMcNeil.com for more information. Yeah. She was a treat to talk to you off the air for a second oh, there. Yeah. She was so nice. Yeah, she, she was, really is. Now, speaking of nice, Chris Pine um, was out <laughs> oh. in Beverly Hills yesterday afternoon. Ooh taking his vintage Porsche out for a ride, and his high-waisted pants on. He stepped out of the 1940s old movie star. Oh, he... He's like an old he, um, Clark Gable, Rot Hudson kind of... Well, because he's working a full beard. He's, yeah. His hair is long. He's got these high-waisted pants on with like a silk, black, gray T-shirt, black pants, and then he's got tan slip-on you just know they're Gucci loafers or some kind of Italian shoe with a black piping around yeah. the sides. He just, and I love a form-fitting t-shirt on a man who's got a form to show off. I love a man stepping out of a vintage Porsche. Everything about it. There isn't anything I don't like about it, but he is, you know, getting ready to do his um, directorial debut called Pool Man, okay. which will have himself in it along with Danny DeVito and Annette Pauling. I'm not sure who that is, but it the story is about, I mean, it's going to sound odd, but the movie will be center, centered on a pool cleaner named Darren Barronman, who sets out to foil a water heist while dealing with corrupt city officials and femme fatale. Oh, Kind of a different version of Chinatown because Chinatown was about the water in L.A. and the you know. But anyway, so he co-wrote the script and will serve also as a director and one of the producers. And he got the he said, I was just doing a bit trying to get some people, um, Patty Jenkins, the director and her husband to laugh. And I just impromptu made up this story about this pool man. Okay, that's funny. So he He just, just feels like a character, doesn't he? Oh. Okay, I watched... All I right. love him. All right. First of all, can we just talk about the Timberwolves for half a second? Oh, <laughs> what is there to talk about? Uh, I don't know anything Charles about Charles comments. Oh, well, it's just a... And he had, he had every right to say everything he said. If you were watching the game last night, there were two points and the point in time in that game where we had over a 20-point lead. Oh, dear. And blew it. And blew it. In the first half, we were up 26 points. Oh, no. And oh, yeah. they brought it within nine going oh, into halftime. Gosh. Then coming out of halftime, we brought it back up to 21-point lead. Then they went on a 21 to nothing run without us even taking a timeout for some reason and tied it up. And then we end up losing by 10. Well, you know, I have here's to. The, let me just read okay. the one quote. Okay, tell me the quote. Okay, so here's a quote <laughs> by Charles Barkley. And he says, I don't even know if you can call that a choke. They lost by 10, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. It's embarrassing for basketball what happened. The coaching staff at Minnesota should be just as embarrassed as the players. And then he goes on to say something about the mom, the parents. He said something like, um, I don't believe that there's just the dumb kids, the players. I think they just have bad parents. These Timberwolves are dumb because their coaches are dumb. And this guy just got an extension from the Minnesota Timberwolves for like three years and is up for coach of the year, actually. So he's calling out this guy that's just gotten all the publicity he's ever had in his entire life. Yeah. And, and this is funny. Mm-hmm. In prior 
things where a game ha- where a team has had at least a twenty point lead yeah. in an NBA game. Teams are three hundred and eighty and eight. So that's a nine hundred and seventy percent winning percentage oh, when you have yeah. a twenty. So we are one of those eight teams oh, out wow. of four hundred teams that have actually lost a playoff game with a twenty point lead. So are they so done? It's, it's pure Minnesota. No, it's no. best of, of seven. Best of five. It's best, best of five. five. So, so we, we have a game here Saturday night. And and the poor look. This is poor planning by the by the NBA. It's at nine o'clock at night. Stop. So anybody who's taking their kid down there is going to be going to a game that won't even start till probably nine fifteen. You won't even get out of the Target Center till midnight. Your kids are going to be falling asleep at halftime. Well, probably. The prime time stuff. The bigger teams got better time slots. And that's yeah. just, but that's I get it. But let's well, not make it. Like can that. I tell you my superstitious thing that I said last night? Yeah. So I'll get home and Casey. You know, sometimes he has the news on. Sometimes yeah. he doesn't. But he happened to have the news on, and it was uh, you know Maxi um, at another station. Uh-huh. And Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah. He's walking in with Timberwolves fan, and they're all uh, cheering and being wildly exuberant. And now, and I looked at Casey, I said, is this the first game? And he said, yes. I said, this is terrible juju for Minnesota because we are chokers. And he goes, you don't know anything about basketball. Why are you weighing in on this? I said, I'm just having, I'm just telling you, I'm having bad, bad vibrations. They shouldn't be doing this rah, rah, rah in a new shot because it's going to, it's gonna. It's jinxing him. People yeah. were having fun last night. Oh, I know they were. I the know they were. And then, then he checked. We watched the two-hour Better Call Saul, which was good. Really good. I Can't recommend wait. read. There's a couple articles out there about the six things you got to remember yes, about Better yes, Call yes, Saul. Yes, yes, And uh, it was like over at like nine thirty. He goes, I just got to check on the Timberwolves. And I mean, he just like um, he's like, damn yeah. it. Yep. And I said. You're right. <laughs> and he goes, he and he just, you know, shook Looks. his head at me because he hates when I have <laughs> feelings about sports that are based on nothing yeah. other than my cancer intuition. And the cancer intuition is just a Minnesota sports intuition. I was going to say, this is just... It's, it's ingrained. Did, I, I know. If but there's a people, way to fail, we will. But people were cheering. <laughs> I mean, they were like, I thought, what is everyone so excited about? It's just the first game. No, Hang it's the on. third. Oh, is it the it third? It was the third. This we played the, the first two. It's mm-hmm. the first one at home. And the first one we won. That was yep. why there was such a hype behind this. Because yep. we went to Memphis, won that first game in such a rousing fashion yeah. that it was like, okay, then we played game two in Memphis, got our butts handed to yeah. us. Then we come home and light the place up, score 51 points in the first quarter and then all of a sudden it just and and that place like like julia said was on fire the roof Mm -hmm. was about to go off the place and then my friend sent me a picture you know that ben affleck picture of him outside the bar smoking a cigarette and just looking depressed right somebody superimposed a timberwolf jersey on him (laughs) and sent that to me that's funny yeah okay that's funny oh no well all right well you know i mean they still have a chance yeah, yes. Of they, if they win, which it's they only can, two to one. Yeah, if they okay. win tonight or tomorrow, they'll bring it back to Memphis for Game Five. Anything can happen, but oh, that's not good. Yeah, yeah I would say they it just, would have been so much better if they could have just won last night and then win it at home, and, and it would be all be whole, good. But yeah. no, that's not the Minnesota way. Sometimes we always like to make it tough. Got to go the hard way, and I wonder what Alex Rodriguez um, was. He there? He had to have been there. He had to have been. I didn't know. I didn't see him on the TV, but he yeah. had to have been. So yeah, I, I guess you know. He's, you know. Somebody just wrote an email here. Okay, so the loss is totally on Lori then. Thank you, Lori. Yes. <laughs> there you go, Lori. Thank I you, just Julie. had a bad feeling. They're going to kick butt on Saturday, though. That's yes. right. Uh, All right. We'll be right back. Stay with us. This is Lori and Julie on My Talk, and you can stream or download the app and take us with you wherever you are. We'll be right back.